0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Wineskins. I'm Father Jim Corda. Wineskins is a program that features reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with a variety of issues and topics, all from a Catholic perspective. Wineskins is brought to you through the annual Dosis and Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Saint Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of Saint Paul. On our program today, I will interview Sister Pat McNicholas. We will also hear more information on the conversion of St. Paul, and today, as the Church celebrates the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, we will get a deeper insight into those particular Sunday readings. That and more on wineskins. Joining me again is Joe Valentik, who is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities for Ashtabula County. Welcome back to our show.
1: Thank you Father Corda.
0: You know, one of the topics that we hesitate talking about in Catholic charities that affects all of us in probably every county and every state across the United States is homelessness. Why is it such a tragic realistic issue for us?
1: That's the biggest question that everybody has. When I receive phone calls mentioning about a person that might be walking the streets, that might appear to be homeless or they may be in a struggle, I believe the citizens in our community want to be able to see that that person is getting immediate housing hmm. and that they're never going to be in that situation of homelessness or they're never going to see them in, in a way where they look uncomfortable. And the reality is, is that every person that we meet with or those that we haven't met with yet they're their own person so they might not look at themselves as being homeless they might be in their precarious way of living Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. this is their choice and they know where their resources are they have friends that they can go and get housing from temporarily or they just have their ways so a lot of times it's reducing the stigma about homelessness Mm -hmm. and trying to really build up confidence in helping those or seeing that there's people helping those that are visually uncomfortable for people.
0: You know what's difficulty I think for mo- most people and, and I think I'm going to put myself into that category too is that when we're in a different city visiting that and we see someone who's homeless or someone approaches us and asks for money and and you know that they're homeless. You know so many different things go through our minds mm-hmm. like should I give this person money? What are they going to use the money for? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be for food or not? So What can you do to help us assuage those negative feelings? And what can we do in a positive light?
1: Well, I think the first thing that's so hard when we see someone that's different from us is to pray for that person, to really give them the feeling that they are normal when you do see them Mm. and not make them feel that they're less than us. I think that's easy to say, though, but I've been in the situation where I've had, there's a person in our, our lobby that obviously had nothing and has, well, I should say, has everything in their life, in their possession in front of me. Not bathed, the clothes aren't clean, but that person smiles at you and says, hi. They didn't say, can you help me? They said, hi so a lot of times it just starts with that conversation when it does happen but a lot of times I always ask you know is there someone helping you I'm glad you're here welcome you know, I'm glad you're here. Is there someone working with you? Or if I see that person somehow in the streets, it may be like, are you aware that Catholic Charities might be able to help guide you in in the direction that you're looking to, you know, strive towards? And and that would be as simple as that. Sometimes it's giving that person the options. Instead of telling people what to do, you need to do something about it. You need to get a job or you need this. That's not how you do it. And I think I mentioned in past or previous times, if we talk about being person-centered, it's not like we have encampments of people that are homeless and we're going to just treat them all the same. No, it's it's a human being. Mm -hmm. It's a person. Mm -hmm. It's a child of God that just wants someone to take them seriously.
0: Yeah. And I think especially as we enter these cold months and find ourselves in the midst of that, We need to be more aware of their physical, personal needs. Maybe they need shelter for a night or a week or whatever. But to keep mindful of that, it's not just money and food that they need, but it's other things. And so to be aware that there are people in our midst that fall into that category of homelessness for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And the main thing is not to stigmatize that because we don't know what the reason is, but if we could help in any way, that is what we're all about. And so what are some of the ways in closing that you are inviting the folks that are with us to help you through Catholic Charities to address homelessness?
1: One, we do have grants that help house individuals that meet the criteria of homelessness, but sometimes they don't fit into those, I'll just say, real high guideline type grants. So any donations that might want to go towards homeless assistance so we can maybe help someone in a motel like you said it might be one or two days where we can then get them to the next step um, that's always helpful in fact the annual appeal really helps us help those individuals we're very grateful for the annual appeal because that helps us with that past three dollars that grants don't necessarily help us with and it could be also Maybe doing a a fundraiser or a, a drive on homeless packs. It could be mm-hmm. with book bags or food that you can eat. Right, it from a book bag or hygiene items to help with you know hygiene. Like mm-hmm. you know taking a shower at their motel, they have all their supplies mm-hmm. and to put their personal belongings in. So those are other ways that we could help or a person could help our agency with it's very common that we are doing this every day I mentioned in the past that there's been blanket drives there's been hygiene drives all of those items that we collect from the kind people who want to make an impact for those that we serve we put them together as individual packs for the people that we're serving and then they at the same time they have their own like supply pack and then if we need to fill it back up we will it just helps people get started
0: Sure. Jill Valentic, Executive director of Catholic Charities in Ashville County. Thanks again for being with us and for highlighting this important and tremendous need of homelessness that unfortunately is still with us. Thank you so much. Thank you.: For wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda.: The conversion of St. Paul is celebrated on Thursday. To tell us more is Tom Anderson. He is from St.
2: Charles Church in Portland. The Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul originated in France at the end of the 6th century when some relics of the Apostle were transferred there. It was not celebrated in Rome until the 11th century, perhaps in connection with the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter, celebrated in France on January 18th. The importance of the conversion of the Apostle to the Gentiles is evident from the three accounts given in the Acts of the Apostles. It is evident also from the prayers in the Mass and in the Liturgy of the Hours. The biblical account of what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus describes the radical change that took place. He who was formerly persecuting us is now preaching the faith he tried to destroy, as written in the book of Galatians. The apostle himself often contrasts that experience on the road to Damascus with what had preceded it In legal observance, I was a Pharisee, and so zealous that I persecuted the church. I was above reproach when it came to justice based on the law. But those things I used to consider gain, I have now reappraised as loss in the light of Christ. All that from his letter to the Philippians. But it is not simply a matter of conversion as a personal experience of Paul. It is also a phase of development in the history of the church, as recorded in the book of Acts. St. Luke states, All except the apostles scattered throughout the countryside in Judea and Samaria. After that, Saul began to harass the church. He entered house after house, dragged men and women out, threw them in jail. The opening prayer at Mass is derived from the French Missal, and it contains two interrelated themes. The first one presents the dynamics of Paul's conversion and the following of Christ. Some have tried to use psychological principles to explain his conversion experience. St. Luke does not describe events in a chronological order, but although it was a case of sudden divine intervention, its meaning was revealed gradually. Thus, in the first account of the incident, is made known only to Ananias. In the second account, its significance is revealed to Paul indirectly through Ananias. Only in the third account does the risen Christ reveal to Paul the nature and extent of his mission. The second theme of the opening prayer is contained in the phrase, bearing witness to your truth. But to be a witness of truth, to Christ, like Paul, requires that we discover the meaning of the faith in the events and experiences of life, both individual and ecclesial. Paul himself, after the dazzling experience on the road to Damascus, spent three years in Arabia, southeast of Damascus, in order to grasp fully the specific dimensions of his vocation. There is yet another theme in Pauline spirituality and it appears especially in the Communion Antiphon, the third antiphon for evening prayer and the office of readings. Christ is the focal point and center of the life of Saint Paul. His contact with Christ on the road to Damascus was not only a transforming and crucial experience, it became a primary point of prayer. For me, life is Christ and death is gain. And the Communion Antiphon, I live by faith in the Son of God. That transformation on the road to Damascus, which was always in the forefront of his mind, was the source of Paul's theology and spirituality. For Wineskins, I'm Tom Anderson. With me again is
0: Ursula and Sister Pat McNicholas. Welcome back to Wineskins.
3: Thank you, Father Quarter. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: You know, Sister Pat, we're going to talk primarily now on Beatitude House. Uh, You're the Donor Relations Director. Beatitude House has been with us since 1991. It was the kind of like heart of Sister Peggy Sheets. Talk about that heart.
3: Sister Peggy Sheets was just amazing. Here is a person who had a master's degree in mathematics had taught math at Karnamuni and was at Kent State getting a second master's in computer languages when she saw a made-for-TV movie called God Bless the Child. And without a doubt, it was an inspirational, grace-filled time, and she became very interested in this movie's message, which was that homeless women have the potential to lose their children because of housing issues. She began to volunteer at a housing program that the Humility of Mary Sisters ran in that region of Kent, came back and said, I think that's what I'm called to do is to start a program for homeless women. And she spent the next year, year and a half, studying the issue in Mahoney County, looking for a possible site where, again, Grace intervened and the first house of 1515 15 Fifth Avenue, got donated to us. And the house had been empty for seven years, mm-hmm. so it needed a lot of work. But mm-hmm. it turns out her father was a carpenter, and she was the child who liked to wander around and follow her father. Mm-hmm. She had enormous skills on the practical level as well as very intelligent. And she began working on that house, and we opened in June of 91 with five apartments, four families, and she herself lived there. It was just the perfect start. We found that to often be true. It's good to start small, learn the skills, expand it. Because of her math ability, she could set up all the finance. She began raising funds. She just had unexpected skills for what we would have had a framework saying she's a math teacher but it turned out she was much much more sadly within 3 years of starting beatitude house she was diagnosed with a serious diagnosis of breast cancer that looked like it had already had potential to spread and and she actually died right as we were getting ready to celebrate the 10th anniversary So for seven years, she fought that cancer and eventually lost that battle.
0: But her legacy continues, and it has grown over these years. Tell us how it has grown and what other sites and places Beatitude House is besides the city of Youngstown.
3: Well, luckily, while Peggy was still alive, uh, the house next door to Beatitude House became available And we got that house. The house immediately across the street that was an apartment building became available. We got access to that. And then the one caddy corner became available. So within her lifetime, it had expanded. And right before her death, we got word that we were moving to Warren, that we had gotten a federal grant to expand up into Trumbull County then we slowly also moved up to Ashtabula County. So over the years, with all the changes, we're now no longer in Trumbull County with housing. We still have other programs there. But we now have 50 units of housing, and we merged in the housing that had once been part of our HIV-AIDS ministry. So all the housing is together. So we have 50 households Many of them with children, most of them women with children. Occasionally now they're single women, and occasionally now they're single fathers with children, which Mm -hmm. has been new for us, but we're always open to whatever's new. Mm -hmm. Some of the housing has changed over time from the focus on just homeless poor, some of it is households that are people were homeless but with a disability, Mm -hmm. much of which may be history of mental illness and maybe some drug history. Mm -hmm. Let's
0: kind of go back to the charism of St. Angela and how that plays into as a significant role in Beatitude House and how is that lived out and celebrated.
3: Well, particularly Angela Marici comes to mind because of her outreach in the 16th century to women with children and her belief that women could make a difference in society by their outreach and by their own lives. And so Ursuline's try to embody that belief that we can make a difference in the world just by the quality of the life we live, that with God's grace and life of prayer and a life of discipline one can actually help transform society. And we've seen that transformation. Sometimes it's one woman at a Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. but we've seen it happen, and it's real celebration.
0: And of course, uh, Beatitude House is well over 30 years now celebrating in the community and within the Diocese of Youngstown. As you look forward to other years and the future, how Do you see that burgeoning and and blossoming for the community, but for those whom you serve and touch?
3: Well, we've expanded it as we get smaller as a community. We've expanded under a broader heading called Ursuline Sisters Mission, and under that we're offering our education for immigrants and our programming for children of immigrants and a program called Ursuline Sister Scholars where we're reaching out with our long education history for low-income women to enable them to finish post-secondary education. And it's amazing to see those success stories. I just was at their graduation and with, for example, a woman who graduated low-income poor graduated in chemistry mm. and forensic science mm. and it already is employed working to improve our world by figuring out how we deal with waste. Mm.
0: It's interesting because I think what oftentimes religious communities do is it instills in those people who share the mission to continue the work of their founder. And so that is such a beautiful legacy that you're celebrating and your community is celebrating that will last well beyond perhaps the number of sisters that will be here in the Diocese of Youngstown. What would you like to leave the folks that are with us about Beatitude House that they could lift up and recall and also maybe celebrate financially or prayerfully with you?
3: We're looking as a whole community at a vision of fullness of life and a future of hope. And we see all of our ministries, and particularly Beatitude House, as an opportunity for others to join in mission with us. We have a broad range of support. People can help both financially and with many donations or with volunteering, working with our young people in the Hispanic program or volunteering elsewhere.
0: And give us the website for Beatitude House.
3: It is BeatitudeHouse.com. It's very easy.
0: Well, Sister Patricia McNicholas, Donor Relations Director for Beatitude House, thank you for your presence on Wineskins, but also for sharing the great legacy well over 30 years of Beatitude House and the heart and soul of Sister Peggy Sheets. Thank you very much. For more pertinent information and to listen to Wineskins, visit www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment.
4: By the time we can walk, each of us yearns for the joy that comes from being able to do for ourselves. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. Church World Service.
0: Our song today is from the CD called In His Presence. It is by the Kellenberg Memorial High School Choir.
4: It's all you got to me, number, thank God it's all you need.
0: As we celebrate this third Sunday in Ordinary Time, we will hear more about the sacred scriptures by Monsignor John Zura. He is pastor of St. Charles Church and St. Luke Church, both in Boardman. As we celebrate this
5: third Sunday of the year, if we were to bring forth a theme or an idea, it would be in the following words, Repent and believe in the good news. Jesus begins his preaching with a call to repentance, which begins at each Mass with a similar call, as we call ourselves in mind and in heart to our sinfulness and to then repent. Our first reading reminds each and every one of us of the preaching of Jonah, met with an immediate response in the pagan city of Nineveh. Our second reading from the book of Corinthians reminds us that believing that the return of the Lord was imminent, Paul counsels an attitude of detachment from the things of this world. And our gospel reading begins with the preaching call of the first disciples. This first half of Mark's gospel describes Jesus' ministry of healing and preaching in Galilee. Jesus begins his preaching by calling on people to repent, to embrace the good news. For Mark, believe in the gospel means believe in the good news of salvation, which is brought about in Jesus Christ. Repentance is one of the main themes of the readings. The first reading relates how preaching of Jonah is met with an immediate response in the pagan city of Nineveh. The story shows the possibilities of a heathen city repenting and returning to God. It also shows mercy and forgiveness of God. If the Ninevites responded so fully to the preaching of Jonah, How much more fully should we respond to the preaching of Jesus? The gospel shows the prompt response of the first disciples to his call to follow him. Even though we can't share Paul's belief that the second coming of Christ is imminent, he still has an important message for us. Namely, that this world is not to be the end all, be all. That each and every one of us is destined for the next world. This should profoundly affect the way we live in this world. For Wineskins, I am
0: Monsignor
5: John Zura.
0: Remember, it isn't enough to just care, it isn't enough to just pray. There must be a willingness to bridge the gap between concern and action. Positive action is the only kind of evangelism that makes any sense. Christ has called us to be fishers of people, and that means going out to bring others in. Wineskins is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. It is brought to you by the Annual Dosses and Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. I'm your host, Father Jim Porta, wishing you a beautiful week.
4: What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought uh, i love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast.
0: I bought her an orchid.
4: What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I
3: read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up but she's still laughing <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today make a change for
1: the better need help go to for a message from the catholic church
0: they say america is the land of opportunity but for some life isn't so easy right now in america one in six children lives below the poverty line that's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country where do you draw the line and get involved You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today. Because one in six children in
3: poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.